0: I'm Kelsey Ryder. I'm Natalia Raymond. And this is Angelino's In Training. A podcast for people curious about Los Angeles. By people who live in Los Angeles. So whether you're moving here, new to the area, or just want to better understand LA, we're here to help you navigate the city of angels.
1: angelinos in training we have our special guest paul here again today last week he told you about some ways to break into working as crew on film production specifically working as a pa or a production assistant as they're better known and today he's going to share with us some confessions of the production assistant world
0: Paul is going to share more specifics uh, with us today. But Kelsey, I think you had a special question for Paul.
1: I have the most special question for Paul. Paul, in your time working on production, did you ever work on La La Land?
2: (laughs) Well, the answer to that is yes, I actually did work on La La Land.
1: Yes, he worked on La La Land. That's one more point for Kelsey Ryder in the La La Land column. Thank you, Paul, for supporting me in my endeavor.
0: How am I supposed to get points?
2: <laughs> By liking La La Land.
0: I mean, there's things I like about it, but like there's things I don't like too. I'm not entirely discounting it.
1: Yeah, it's all good. Look, Natalia, we we know. We we <laughs> we covered it in LA and TV and film. But Paul, please do tell us how you were a part of La La Land, because I know our listeners are excited to hear about it.
2: Yeah, So back in, it was fall of 2015, I was doing both background and PA work uh, at the same time. And one of the background jobs that I got was on Lala La Land, and it was actually their second to last day of uh, filming. It was actually a last minute uh, background gig I got uh, the night before, and it was actually on a Sunday. And... Back then, the movie wasn't called La La Land; it was called Panorama. That was the uh, working title for yeah. it. And I didn't really know much about the movie at the time.
0: Well, it may have been a code name. Yeah, code. There's name. a chance, a high chance it could have been a code mm-hmm. name.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes productions use, uh, you know, working titles or fake working titles, code names for these kinds of, you know, just for secrecy and everything. But I worked on it, and I was a background actor, and we were sh- we were at Warner Brothers Studios. The day where they shot those scenes of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone walking through Warner Brothers Studios because uh, her character worked at the cafe in the movie, mm-hmm. and the I actually I made it into the movie, and it's an establishing shot of the coffee shop uh, where Emma Stone works. And you can see me pushing a cart in front of the coffee shop. (laughs) Uh, I'm wearing a green shirt that I used to have. The the costumes let me uh, wear it. But yeah, I made it in there. You can see my back. You can't can't really see my face. But I I was in there and I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool.
0: (laughs) So, Paul, can you remind our listeners which shows you've worked on as crew, as a production assistant?
2: Yeah, so the first show that I ever did was a one-day gig on Community during its final season. And from there, I've worked on shows like Castle, Bones, Jane the Virgin, American Horror Story, uh, The Fosters, Drunk History, Lucifer, Grey's Anatomy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Seal Team, The Rookie, uh, amongst uh, many others. (laughs) Wow.
0: Awesome. Can you walk us through what a typical day is like for a production assistant?
2: Sure. So I'll walk you through what it's like for typically the the additional PAs. Uh, so th- this is what normally happens. Uh, you get an early call time, usually like five a.m. to seven a.m. Whatever, and you gotta you get there on set. And if it's your first day on set. To everybody who's listening, if it's your first day on set working on a new show as a production assistant or whatever, you need to bring a couple things with you. And it's your ID, your social security card, and or your passport. Because you're going to need those to fill out your start paperwork that you're going to be given at the beginning of your day uh, so you can get paid. And you need those those pieces of information for your I-9 portion of your star paperwork. So I would go in, I'd fill out the information, and you only fill it out once, you know, because if you get called back for uh, more days after that, you don't need to fill out that information. But anyway, I go there to the set whether it be on location or at a studio you show up at base camp base camp has an ad trailer you check in with the usually it's the second ad there who runs the trailer and how works the base camp you get your surveillance headset uh no actually hold on let me take that back you should have a surveillance headset on you any pas who are starting out you should get one yourself because the show won't provide you with one so you got to get an earpiece and then you're gonna be given uh, your walkie-talkie for the day, and that's something that the walkie PA will assign you. And then after you get your walkie, you get settled in, you get your paperwork, make sure you finish your paperwork before the day ends. Don't wait until the very end when you're wrapping up to do the paperwork. After you've you've gotten all that information, there's breakfast being served over at catering. And I'm telling you, one of the best things of working on set is the food. Because it's good, and it's Mm. free, and there's lots of it. I miss the days when I could get my hash browns, and my sausages, and my red velvet donut. Those are always the staples of my set breakfast. Everything a growing PA needs to do their job. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And so, you get your breakfast, and then... now. When you're working as an additional PA, when you're hired as an additional PA for whatever show or film, usually your job is going to require you doing lockups. Depending on the location, it's probably going to be like a big lockup. And sometimes you're working in a public place, whether it be like a downtown or street area or wherever, because they're going to need lots of bodies around to prevent pedestrians from uh walking into the scene especially if you're working like in downtown LA or something like that you're also there to help wrangle background and direct background if needed like in a scene like background actors to like you know walk you know back and forth like in the scene or whatever it's a lot of different jobs. Sometimes you have to get breakfast orders for the for the cast or even some of the key crew. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you even have to get uh, lunch orders if it's a day where the crew is going to work through lunch. One of the things that I always hated, I've always hated this, is preparing something called around the world orders. So this is what happens on a day where. The show just can't break for lunch during that day. They can't break for the one hour, half hour lunch. They'll get a few few PAs, additional PAs, and send them over to catering where lunch is being prepared. And they'll have them prepare to-go boxes of all different kinds, kinds of food so they can be distributed amongst the cast and crew so they can eat them while we're working. And that's what happens when you can't bring for for lunch because you have to get a lot done during the day this this is the kind of thing that happens a lot on a lot of ryan murphy productions just letting you know and i know this from some of the few that i've worked on (laughs) um (laughs) and amongst that you're there to sometimes if a crew needs star paperwork you're there to go get it uh sometimes if somebody wants something like a cast member or first teamer as we say wants something from crafty or something go get it it's it or coffee as well it's a lot of different jobs that additional pas will do and You're one of the first people there and you're one of the last people out. It's a long day. It's like Mm -hmm. more than 12 hours, sometimes 14, 15 hours. And then you Mm -hmm. do the whole thing the next day, if you're lucky enough to get called back in for the next day.
1: While you're grabbing food for everyone else, the only meal you told us that you ate was breakfast. When are you eating as a PA, especially an additional PA?
2: Oh, no, no. I I, want to make clear. It's like that's just the kind of breakfast that I I would always get uh, whenever it's breakfast time. But when it comes, lunch oh i'm getting uh my fill over at catering pasta rice chicken beef mm-hmm. mashed potatoes i gained a lot of weight over the years <laughs> and <laughs> and also um i was at crafty a lot having you know all the different snacks that they have fruit mm-hmm. uh vegetables uh, chips candy bagels you know whatever i, I was eating all the time <laughs> like all the time
0: <laughs> so paul can you tell us uh which show did you work on the most
2: the show that I worked on the most, you know, honestly, the one that always comes to mind for me is uh, Grey's Anatomy. I was on there mm-hmm. a lot. I was kind of one of the regular additional PAs on there. I worked on that from on during its 15th season and its 16th season. I was there a lot. In my uh, early days of P.A.ing, I was mostly on Bones and Castle And for a while, I was on Jane Hmm. the Virgin a little bit. It kind of varied during different periods of time. But Grey's Anatomy is the one that I can say I've, I've, to my knowledge, like I've worked on the most.
0: And what was the experience like working on Grey's Anatomy?
2: I'm going to say this. Grey's Anatomy is my favorite show that I've ever worked on. It it, it is the show that I've always enjoyed working on, the most fun that I've ever had, the best uh, crew that I've ever worked with. You guys can't see this, but I am wearing a hoodie (laughs) from... The fifteenth season. Uh, it says Grey's Anatomy, fifteen seasons of feels, because they were celebrating not only fifteen <laughs> seasons that season, but also three hundred episodes of being the longest-running medical drama on TV, longer than ER. Wow! Yeah. I've always had a great time working on that, and I've never actually seen an episode of the show. I I I have no idea like what's going on in the show, show-wise. I don't know, but I I. I've always loved uh, working on it. That crew is so nice. That cast is, is so nice. It's just, it's always been a good time.
0: Did you ever see Shonda?
2: I- I've never seen Shonda, no. Um, uh-huh.
0: But uh,
2: <laughs> I have actually talked to uh, Meredith, uh, Ellen, Ellen Pompeo, and she's nice. And a lot of the oh, nice. cast members are nice as well. Because you know what it is? Um, because this show has been running for so long, they are very much, as a lot of people like to say, a well-oiled machine. They're yeah. They're very quick. They're very efficient. They're very patient, and a lot of the crew as well have also been, you know, pretty welcoming and you know very friendly and easygoing. Because a lot of them have been there for uh, a long time, and they've got people who who know their crap, and it's it's great to. Work with a crew like that because not only does it make the day better, it's also very inspiring as well, especially to if you've never PA'd before. And if you're, yeah. if you're able to get on Grace, do it. I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but do it. And that was also the last show that I worked on before everything shut down.
0: I'm curious, who is your favorite AD in Los Angeles, if you're willing to shout out to them?
2: Okay, I want to give a, a shout-out to uh, Kathy Bond, who's the second AD of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, super sweet, super mm. friendly. Um always checking in on my availability and everything. I want to give a shout-out to the second second AD of uh, Grey's Anatomy, uh, Marisa Ferre. I'm, I'm sorry if I said your last name wrong, but you are awesome and I love you. I also want to give a shout-out to the second AD of a feature film that I was staffed on, the first film that I was the base campier on. It was... Malibu Rescue, The Next Wave, which is on Netflix. I want to give a shout out to Christy Ricky, the second AD. You are amazing. And thank you so much for guiding me in while I did my first base camp PA job. I, I know I could have been better, but y- you were super cool, super patient. And you were like a mentor to me, which I've been saying for that's a while, awesome. this department and this industry has been lacking in mentorship.
1: Interesting that they're all women, actually. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're they're the ones who come to mind when I think of like my favorite 80s. Oh, I do have another shout out. I want to give I want to give a shout out to uh, Alicia Lewis, uh, who is uh, second second on The Rookie you're just awesome and i just i've always loved our conversations on set as well one thing that i did on the rookie uh, whenever i was brought onto the rookie i uh, they gave me one of my favorite jobs to do which is driving the golf cart uh at warner brothers studios <laughs> i love driving the golf cart that's one of my favorite things to do as a pa and i was driving the golf cart a lot on that lot on the warner brothers lot which was just great and drive to and from uh, the base camp on there to the Stage to bring first teamers, actors to and from. And Alicia was just always great to talk to.
0: Speaking of cool people to work with, Paul, I'm curious, do you have any favorite actors that you've worked with that were really, really cool people?
2: I'll say this, uh, because these were the first ones that come to mind. The last two films that I was staffed on were uh, Malibu Rescue the Next Wave, which I mentioned before, and uh, American Pie presents Girls' Rules, which is the latest American Pie film. Uh, and, th- and because these two films, I literally after I wrapped Malibu Rescue, I hopped right onto American Pie. Both like you know young casts, and I was the base camp PA on Malibu Rescue, and I was the first team PA on uh, American Pie. And both of them had great groups of actors who I worked very closely with, and I, I loved working with them because uh, <laughs> because okay. On Malibu Rescue, I started doing this little thing, a little tradition of mine on set called, called uh, Paul's Pun of the Day. I started it on Malibu Rescue because most of that cast were like, uh, they were like teenagers and like, you know, kids, like college kids, because it was a kid's show. And so I started doing like a different pun each day, like give them something to look forward to. And they'll be like, Paul, what's the pun of the day? And then I would give them the pun. Um, The crew, the cast always loved it. The crew hated it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like the girls over at costume, they'd just be like, "Oh my god, Paul!" Like, and then <laughs> I'm just like, I don't care. They love it. And then I started doing that on American Pie. Um, and a lot of that cast, like, they also loved my puns and appreciated my puns as well. The some of the cast members from American Pie. So it was like Madison Pettis, who a lot of people will know as the president's daughter from Cory in the House. She was uh, on that. Ooh. Uh, Zachary Gordon who was in a diary diary of a wimpy kid, Piper Curta. But what's funny, um there's another uh actor on there. This actor was actually on both films, on both Malibu Rescue and American Pie. His name is a uh, Cameron Engels, super cool guy. We got along really well uh on um uh, Malibu Rescue and then the and funny enough he told me that he was uh, gonna go work on American Pie after this and I'm like I just applied uh, to be the the first team PA for that. And he's like, oh, wow, maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I'll I'll tell them uh, to bring you on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then sure enough, I was brought on. I I got to work on that. I got to work with him on two movies in a row. So that was really cool. And we're we're still in touch uh, because of that. And in terms of like other actors who I've like met on set, like from other shows, Gina Rodriguez, the star of Jane the Virgin, is super friendly. Uh, she's really cool oh. to work with, really cool to talk to, and she's always made a point of like thanking background actors as well, which I really appreciate.
1: That's really cool.
2: Those are just a few examples of like great actors who like I've really enjoyed working with.
0: Awesome. So, what would you say is your best memory of being a PA?
2: <sighs> a lot of the memories from Grey's Anatomy, for sure. Just working with really cool people who I still talk to to this day. I also had a lot of good memories uh, from working on the feature that I worked on, which I can't say uh, which is coming out this year. Because I <laughs> actually worked with a lot of friends on that one. A lot of friends in all different apartment, uh, apartments, <laughs> departments. Background, PA, and even some in some of the other departments as well, like grip and someone I knew in visual effects uh, as well. So that was really cool. A lot of I, I had a lot of good times on the rookie as well. Uh, I made a really good friend on that show. Uh, I'm sorry. I know I'm not giving like specific memories, like favorite memories, but when I think of like positive PA days, this is what I think of most. And even like it's some of those early days, just the excitement of working on different shows each time, because uh, I was working a lot with my best friend, Hunter Cox, giving a shout out to you, <laughs> um, because we both <laughs> kind of started uh, working uh, in the business around the same time. And he he got, he, he's PA'd way more than me. He's way better at it than I am. So in those early days, like, I want to say, like, maybe 2015, 2016, it was, like, pretty good. And I even had some good times on shows like Cold Black, even though it was, like, it was, like, really (laughs) grueling at times. I Again, I liked working with backgrounds, so that was fun. You know what else? I worked on Westworld a lot during season two. That was a particularly hard show, but the crew actually made it worth coming back to each time. Like actually, that was a really cool crew, and the guy who would always bring me on—he uh, he was really cool as well. Because I, I really liked—I I liked a lot of the locations that I was at as well, like whether it be the desert or uh, uh, sometimes uh, downtown, or mm-hmm. a lot of my also like uh, favorite times was. Whenever I was working at two of my favorite studios, which is uh, Warner Brothers and Universal. any time I mm-hmm, worked on there mm-hmm. was great. Uh, <laughs> whenever I was working at Universal, uh, I always made a point of uh, waving to the tram that goes by, the Universal Studio Tour. I did that all the time. And I did that uni- uh, at Warner Brothers as well because Warner Brothers does a studio tour. I always waved. I yeah. always stopped and waited, no, no matter what was happening. Um, because I've totally done that yeah. too. Completely guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> those were always fun. Sorry. There's another show that I want to mention. Um, One of my uh, other PA buddies, Brandon Galvin, I'm giving a shout out to you. Brandon Galvin was the guy who got me onto Grey's Anatomy and we've been friends since. Brandon Galvin also mm. got me onto uh, the revival of Veronica Mars. And I was particularly happy about that because Veronica Mars is one of my favorite shows of all time. And so when I heard that he was working on it, when I heard that, uh, I was just like, can you get me on, please, please? And he got me on and I was like regularly working a lot of their second unit stuff, um, like working down there. But I was working on it a lot now and I was like, oh my God, this is great. I love this. And those were also some days of some pretty hard shoots, but there's another AD on there who I really loved working with, Alison Troy, shout out to you. She brought me on for, uh, for 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 a lot more Veronica Mars after that and it was great of her and she also brought me on to the Picard show, the new Star Trek show. So that was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, again, I liked working with her. She was she was great. And again, a lot of the really good memories to kind of sum up uh, this whole rant that I've been going on about great shows and great memories I've working on a lot of the great memories that I've had have been working with really cool PAs and PAs Mm. who are not being dicks about the job that they're doing um the PAs people
0: are dicks yeah Yeah. a
2: lot of PAs a lot of ADs are dicks I'm not gonna say your names on here but you may know who you are I said
0: people not ADs yeah
2: Just saying. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of people too, but I'm just saying there are a lot of great PAs who I've stayed in touch with over the years. Some of them, like, great friends I still talk to. And these guys and girls have helped make this job fun when it was. Like, they've really made it just great because also it was also great to talk with them about a lot of the different interests that they have because they've also been interested in writing and producing and directing as well. Mm hmm. So and it's been great to like share that kind of love with them. And it helped me come out of my shell a little bit more when it came to my own interests. So that was great. Totally. On the opposite side,
1: what was what are some of your worst memories about PA?
2: I will say this. um, Some of my not so pleasant memories have been from working on a lot of non-union productions where I had a lot more Mm. responsibilities as a PA. Now. The thing with Union Productions uh, working on scripted TV and feature films, you got all your different departments. You, you've got also got a locations department where they help with location re- related stuff, making sure that they know like where the portable restrooms are, where people can go, where people can't go, and conversing with uh, the person who owns the place that, that's being shot at. You've also got a uh, crafty department to handle uh, you know, all the snacks, set up the table and all that. And you've also got the transport department, the Teamsters, where they drive the production vehicles, the vans, the trucks, all that stuff. On non-union productions, like reality shows and some commercials and some other productions as well, independent films as well, PAs had to do a lot of those jobs. Sometimes you're a PA, you had to drive the van. Sometimes you had to set up crafty. Sometimes you had to do a lot of heavy lifting, especially of gear, Mm -hmm. like some camera gear, like some carts and that kind of stuff. That's scary. Because you can't do that as a PA on a union production. Uh, because, mm-hmm. because you're not union uh, but if you're a non-union production you know you're able to get away with a little bit of that and i hated doing that because i had to do a whole lot of extra physical work which i did not like and it's why i stopped working on these kinds of productions for the longest time yeah they make you go move these things and go do these runs and all that it's like you, you yeah. gotta do it it's like automatically it's like random pa person there for the day it's like oh okay great yeah. your life is in my hands i'm like <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this. Um,
0: yeah, I showed up once on a set and I was like, hey, I'm Natalia, I'm here to check in. And I got a, a set of keys thrown at me and they said, go move the van. Like, <laughs> oh, before they even oh said anything God. else. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> I didn't ask if I had a driver's
2: license. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't know anything about me and you're telling me to go move this van.
2: Yeah it's just ridiculous. Like a lot of the stuff and you know what else? Uh, A lot of the stuff that a lot of these productions as well, these smaller productions, a lot of the times are also unprepared with uh, a lot of the things that they needed for the day and make the PAs go do runs to go buy that stuff. I'm like, why didn't you get this before? And again, to
0: pick up lunch.
2: Yeah. And this happened a lot on a lot of these uh, commercials and a lot of these uh, smaller shoots. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, there is another really, really bad memory that I have. It was a two-day commercial shoot and this was a mix of the jobs that I did uh, along with a lot of the people that I worked with. I'm trying... Here, I'm, it's all coming back to me. I'm trying to remember, but I just remember this being two of the worst days I've ever worked on any set because we were shooting... It was for a commercial. We were shooting uh, somewhere in East LA and then we had to shoot all the way in Malibu the next day and this involved one of the fellow PAs being a pretty bad driver because she had to drive the clients in a pass van and they made me go do that as do that instead, even though I, there was a job I was ar- already supposed to do. They, they didn't have a lot prepared for crafty as well. They took my walkie because they wanted to give it to one of the clients. Uh, and I'm just like, oh. where's I need a walkie. They didn't have a, an additional walkie for me. I'm like, where's my walkie. I I need a walkie because I'm I'm a PA and I need to communicate with the AD. And uh, this may sound like I'm trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm just being real here. I was easily the most experienced PA on that shoot uh, because the other two were mm-hmm. not. And the, uh, the one of them, this one guy, he had he blew up at the whole crew because of after this job that we did of setting up a tent with all these supplies on one part of the beach that we were shooting at. It was awful. And it was just so awkward and I had to be the most professional one here, but I was, I was just like, I really hated this. Oh, and it, they also took two months uh, to pay me f- for some, that. Oh, yeah, I, I always hated working on jobs where um you had to do an invoice or it's like a net 30 or net, net 60 or w- whatever, because it they always took forever to pay you. Commercials always took forever yeah. uh, to pay you. Just real quick,
0: you. we should probably explain what a net 30 and net 60 are. Yeah. Because yeah. I know we have listeners that are not in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a net 30 means they have 30 days to pay you, 30 days after the time that you work. And a net 60 means they have 60 days. So, you know, if you made a lot of money and you have a net 60, you're waiting on that money for a long time.
2: I've had to wait a long time to get paid harsh truth is PA work isn't always consistent depending on the time of the year when a lot of the shows are on hiatus uh, for the summer season and that's when you have to go to some of the lower uh, you know non-union work that affected me greatly and I I just I hated working on their production because also it was just some of some of the most inexperienced people that I ever worked with and I hate when I'm the most experienced person on there and so yeah, yeah th- those were some of the more Bad memories. And also, just in some of the early days, working with difficult PAs and ADs who, you know, like I said, it was clear that they didn't like being there at their jobs Mm -hmm. doing what they did.
0: Now, I have a a bit of a personal question for you, Paul. No Mm -hmm. worries if you don't want to answer it. Mm -hmm. Were you happy with your income as a PA?
2: I was happy when it was consistent, (laughs) when I was getting Mm -hmm. consistent work. Um, Especially when, whenever I was staffed, like on a feature film or a TV show, I liked that it was consistent uh, money. But there were times when it wasn't, and sometimes I had to look for other places to do work, or even I had to go back to doing background. Because there were periods of time when I didn't do background, but I would do background as like a last resort. I do feel like PAs could be paid a little more, especially Mm -hmm. with the fact that they're not union. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
2: They work longer than anybody else, longer hours than any other uh, crew, any other department. And they have a lot of responsibility too. They do. They do. Yeah.
0: Switching gears a little bit, Paul, I know that you really wanted to go over walkie-talkie etiquette and terminology in the episode. Can you walk us through that a little bit?
1: Walkie-talkie us through the etiquette?
2: So so basically, um, there, is a, there is a lot of walkie terminology that you'll need to know upon uh, being a PA, and these are things that I had to learn as I went. I didn't have anybody to properly teach me these. So whenever I get people uh, starting out as PAs, I I send them this list that I have of walkie etiquette, this terminology.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Whenever uh, you're talking on walkie with somebody and you listen to what they're saying, and if you understood it, you say "copy that," which is the most common term. It's even a term that mm-hmm. I still use in my regular everyday speech, even though I'm not on set. Oh, something I should make <laughs> make clear, PAs are always on there – are, there are 16 channels on a walkie-talkie, The walkie-talkies that are used on set, and PAs are always on channel one. Uh, other channels will be used for different departments, but PAs are on channel one. Uh, you switch to channel two if you need to have a private conversation with somebody. So you say switch to two, and after you're done, you say mm. back to one.
0: That's when you know that things are not going well for you is when you hear the AD <laughs> get on with a rough voice and is like, Natalia, switch to two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when you knew you were in trouble. It's bringing back memories. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, go to two. Yeah. Um, If you're asking where somebody is or where something is, uh, you say, what's your 20? And you say, my 20 is I'm mm. over by Crafty or over by here. You also... <laughs> <laughs> These are a couple of my favorites um if you if you're saying that you need to go to the restroom uh, you say 10 uh, one <laughs> I'm gonna 10 one and this is a this isn't used as much but if it's an emergency you say it's a 10 two. Yep. yeah
1: um. <laughs> I figured that out like after doing background for a while and I was like oh okay I get it now yep. that's yep. kind of a subtle way to <laughs> let people know what's going on
2: yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's a fr- favorite even though it's uh, very rarely used yeah <laughs> So uh, when someone's calling for you, uh, so let's say I wanted to talk to Natalia on walkie, uh, I would say uh, "Paul for Natalia," and Natalia would respond with "a uh, Go for Natalia." Oh, uh, if eighty-six that—that's uh, another uh, term. Uh, we're just canceling that or cancel whatever it is, like eighty-six the coffee mm-hmm. or eighty-six whatever. And if you uh, if someone says something on walkie and if you didn't hear them, you say uh, "Go again." So those are some of the common basic terms and I wasn't saying a lot of these in some of my early days which is probably why I didn't get called back to a couple different uh, projects It's a but, really
0: easy way to tell who's new.
2: Yeah. But I was able to figure it out and I compiled that list because I get people asking me about like walkie stuff and and just PA and I'm like okay use this. Like seriously, it'll it'll help you.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's really kind of you to put in that labor so that other people don't have to have baptism by fire like you have because i feel like so many people feel like others have to go through that to like really be a part of the industry but Mm. if we all just helped each other out a little bit more things could go a little smoother people would be a little happier and you get to learn this nice little set trucker language
2: yeah yeah i mean that's the thing it's like people don't want to A lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people don't want to take the time to teach or uh, mentor. And because working on a set, it's it's a hustle. The this whole business is a hustle, and it's very competitive. And it's always like you know rush, rush, rush uh, on every set. Um, And that's why I want to kind of I want to kind of help change that way of thinking. I want to like take the time to tell people what they need to know what they should know before going in when if you want to be a pa if you want to get into a, a different department it's like here are the, some of the things that you need to learn and it, it, one thing i make clear it's it, it's like uh, it, 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 like i will take the time to- i will take the time to tell you how to get work whether it's like you know getting to central central casting doing background acting in central casting or getting jobs through facebook posts and then I'll tell you, uh, buy your where you can buy your surveillance. Here's the walkie etiquette, all that stuff, and but. One thing I want to make clear is, I personally can't guarantee that I'll get you work. I can let you yeah. know about different jobs. I if uh, one thing I do is if I see a job uh, posting on any of these groups, I will screenshot it and send it to many of my PA friends. So I do that. It's like if I see something, if I see something that I like, I know I can't do, or I'm like I'm booked on something else. I will send it to somebody else. And if I get ads who will text me and ask, uh, hey, are you? available to work this show blah 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 and I'll tell them uh, no but I can send you some names and most of the time they'll say no we're good thank you we're covered because a lot of ADs have their PAs that they work with like they have their list or whatever and I'm like okay well that's great that you have your list but uh, I got more
0: <laughs> so after after all this Paul tell us why you quit <laughs>
2: Okay. (laughs) All right. It's going to make it a little brutally honest here. Uh, Maybe, maybe not.
1: Be real with us. We can handle it.
2: So I worked as a PA for the good part of five years during my time in LA because it was the most consistent work that I could get. But at the same time, I was looking for other kinds of work elsewhere while acting and uh, writing. But I wasn't writing a lot in these last few years. And I wasn't auditioning as much as I wanted to. Because I say, yeah, PAing is my uh, day job. This is what I do. A lot of actors... Uh, You know, have their retail, have their restaurant jobs. Uh, They do what they got to do to, you know, make that money uh, while also acting. And, you know, obviously it's very true. Yeah. For me, I just I wanted to be on set and network with people there, meet people there. And because the money was was consistent for the most part. Uh, But at the same time, because I was working a lot, I was stressed out a lot and I wasn't getting as much Mm. sleep. And because of that, I didn't have a lot of the time or energy to write. Or I should say finish writing a lot of the stuff that I wanted to write. Because when you're a set PA, it's not exactly a creative position. It's not leading you into any uh, creative opportunities. And with acting, I only acted like whenever I could. Whenever an opportunity came up. And I realized towards the end of 2019 towards the beginning of 2020 i realized okay 2020 has to be the year that i officially move on from being a pa i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i need to do it in somehow way shape or form so 2020 was actually when i started writing on um, my first novel which i actually finished the first draft of before the year ended yay
0: That's amazing
2: thank you so um it's so awesome yeah, yeah so i i was just Twenty twenty, the year was beginning of the year was going all right for me. Yeah, I was still working, but you know it was consistent. But I was also taking the time to write, and I was letting my manager know. I'm I'm represented by creative artist talent, Brent Paxton. Thank you very much. Um, letting him know that I, I was ready to look for more acting work as well. And my manager has also been uh, very supportive of the fact that you know I work this PA work uh, as well, and he knows that I'm bu- I've been I was busy with that. So I was getting ready, and then the pandemic hit, <laughs> and then. Everything shut down in Hollywood as uh, we all know everything shut down around the world and I was just like okay what do I do now oh I can work on my writing I can go back to uh writing some of these uh these uh projects I've been putting off uh, for a while I can uh focus on my novel more I can even work on some of my uh, voice acting and I remember getting a lot of auditions, not just for voice acting, but regular acting during the pandemic, a lot of them. And I was auditioning, self-taping at home way more than I did since I moved to L.A. It was crazy because these were for projects that were soon to come, uh, you know, after. But I was also thinking about what happens when work comes back. I don't know if I want to come back to Piang with all these COVID restrictions. I don't know if this is something that I can Mm -hmm. do because... I was always being brought back as an additional PA, and these sets were going to require fewer people on set, uh, fewer crew members, and fewer people being called in. And I was also afraid of doing some of these you know, cleaning uh, work like COVID compliance work, uh, and I'm like, PA shouldn't do that. And I know, I know that there's a COVID compliance department that's been created uh, in the indus- industry, which is great. But that's not something that I was interested in doing. And also, PA was just not interested. And I was just looking back at a lot of my life and my experience experiences in LA, and I realized I needed a lot more time to save money. Because you know money wasn't always consistent, and I wish I could have saved more. And I realized not only do I need to finally end Piang, I need to leave LA for a little while. Mm. Which is why I'm, like I said, I'm currently not living in LA at the moment. I'm living back home in Michigan for a while, and I'm hoping to return to LA this year. But I realized, I need, in order for me to stop Piang, I need to stop. Pank and all it yeah. took was a pandemic and <laughs> all it took yeah i i'm serious about this i am not going back to being a set pa i am open to becoming an office pa if it's a staff job like if it's consistent like on a tv show for a few months and i'm also definitely interested in becoming a writer's pa because you know i write um mm-hmm. i am open to that i am not open to going back to being a set pa and yeah that's that's ultimately what what it uh came down to
0: do you feel like you worked as a PA too long
2: I think I did I think I did I think I think I wasn't putting enough effort into ending PA just because it was work that I enjoyed doing but it was work that I didn't want to get stuck doing and also because it was easy to get again consistent when when it was consistent again I just I liked working on set and I still do but I just I don't want to go back to set if it means I have to go back to doing the same thing again. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, you're ready to move on with your life.
2: Yeah, I was super ready to move on. And I just I needed a break. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why now I have this time to focus on my writing. Now I want to make clear, it's not like I didn't get any writing done over the years. I did. I was able to finish scripts. When I did, I was able to write and direct a short film a few years ago, which has gotten into some festivals recently. So that's great. Awesome. Thank you. I wrote when I was able to. But I just wish I could have done more. And I also just wish I could have done more auditioning because it was – it was, hard to, it was hard to leave a PA job uh, during the day to go audition. There was one second AD who actually was nice enough to let me go do that one day. He let me just leave for like half the day to go do an audition. I want to give a shout out to Bryce uh, Hudson, second AD of Station 19. You're awesome.
0: <laughs> That's great.
2: You know, the auditions it didn't always come, but they, they, they came sometimes during times when I wasn't pa a lot. Uh, so I was fortunate for that. And I was fortunate for a lot of the... A lot of the acting jobs that I've done over the years.
0: What skills do you think you gained from being a PA?
2: I definitely have a better understanding of how sets work now. I definitely have a bigger appreciation of all the different departments and for PAs and ADs in general. As much as I've complained about some of the people who've made it hard, I have no you know qualms with any uh problems with the department in general because like i said it is a super important job um and so i've learned to how to better like you know regulate like time on set and just it's also been great to have like a better like knowledge of what goes into a production logistically and creatively as well just watching the experience so and also the connections and the friends that I've made along the way. I also think that's very important because I feel fortunate that not only do I have do I have like a group of friends, um, but I also have a really solid network as well. Because people ask, it's like it's all like, uh, so how do you network? How do you do this? I'm like, I worked. <laughs> that, that's how I networked. I, I yeah. met people and I I established good relationships, good working relationships. That, that's how I did it, and I I feel fortunate that. I have like this long resume and this great amount of experience.
0: Awesome. So Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show. If there's any way that our listeners could see some of your work, maybe something you've acted in or uh, something you've written or directed, is there anything you want to recommend that our uh, listeners check out?
2: So I'm going to recommend to you um, my biggest acting job to date. I was on a web series called Mr. Student Body President, which was originally on Go90, which was Verizon's streaming service that unfortunately shut down a few years ago, but you can watch the show on YouTube. I was a recurring character on there, and I got that job, I got that role, because I was a background actor during the first season. You can watch that. You can also watch my YouTube channel, Paul Zechariah, where I've... I did like a few videos here and there. I got my reels on there. I actually have a video called uh, Life as a Set Production Assistant where it's like one of those shit people say videos, um, but it's Mm -hmm. like different things. I shot that at (laughs) Warner Brothers um, uh, in late 2019. um, So that was fun. You can follow me on Instagram where I continue to post a lot of uh, behind the scenes photos of me working on set whenever like acting or or whatnot. My Instagram is Pollywood forever. And yeah, like I said, my my reels uh, where you can see my acting work as well as my voiceover work. Watch Mr. Student Body President. Great show. Great web series.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Yeah, no problem. Before before we go, can we get one of Paul's puns? (laughs) I love that.
2: (laughs) Okay, All right. Uh, You know what? I'm, I'm going to share with you what has been traditionally the last pun that I tell people, tell tell the actors in particular, when it's their last day of shooting. And I always make sure that they hear it before anybody else he- hears it. So th- this is it. This is what I tell them. I say, I like making puns and I don't apologize <laughs> for it.
1: Ah, wah, wah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Paul. We appreciated you sharing all of this information with us and with our listeners. So until next time, just keep telling puns, everybody.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. And we hope that this gave you some great insight into what it's actually like to work as a production assistant, what it's actually like to work on set. And we hope that this helps some people make some good life decisions.
2: Yes. And (laughs) Seriously, and, and thank you so much, Natalia and Kelsey, for having me on here. And guys, anybody aspiring to get into crew work or whatever in Hollywood, like, don't be afraid to reach out to me and ask me about tips or to get added to groups or whatever, because I, I will take the time to help you. I will make sure of that.
0: That's so great. That's really generous. Thank you, Paul.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys so much. This was great. And
0: thank you, listeners. Next week on Angelinos in Training, we have nothing because this is the season finale episode. This is the last episode of our first season. Our very first
1: season of Angelinos in Training. Thank you for listening and sticking with us through this first season as we learned how to podcast. And we appreciate all of your ratings and reviews and subscriptions. And stay subscribed because we have some really exciting new content coming up.
0: So we'll be back bigger and better than ever in just a couple of months. So thank you so much, everyone. Be sure to follow us on social media if you haven't already. Keep the reviews coming if you feel like it. Thank you so much, everyone. And we'll be back and ready to teach you a little bit more about Los Angeles.
1: Just a reminder, the content of this podcast is based on our own opinions and personal experiences and may not reflect the opinions and experiences of all Angelinos. Music by Leo Jackson. Artwork by Trevor D. Richardson. Additional research by Natalia Raymond and edited by me, Kelsey Ryder. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Angelinos in Training and on Twitter at Angelino's Pod. Want us to cover a specific topic about L.A.? Email us at angelinosintraining at gmail.com.